0: One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel alright. Hear the children crying now. Hear the children crying. Saying, give thanks and praise to the Lord, and I will feel. The hopeless sinner Who's hurt all mankind just to save his own? Believe me now it's- feel
1: Well, that's a great way to start the morning, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to Westlake UMC. We are so glad that you're here worshiping with us, both in person and online. Uh, I want to invite you to do something. If you are right here in the room, there are some booklets at the end of the row. If you will open that up and sign in to register your attendance, we'd love to know who is with us today. Uh, If you'll pass it down the row, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you're worshiping online, uh, I want to invite you to sign in online. If you're on the live stream on our website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle above uh, the video screen there that says register your attendance. Click there, fill out the form, come on back. If you're on Facebook Live, you can register on the event page. Well, there are a few things happening here that I want to let you know about uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, First, we have a newcomer's lunch happening on Sunday, September 12th from 1220 to 120. We're going to take an hour, okay? And so if you are new or newer to the church, we want to invite you to this event. We'd love to get to know you a little better and let you hear a little bit more about the church. Uh, So you can sign up on the events page on the website, Sunday, September 12th. We have some youth ministry events coming up Uh, this Wednesday, uh, we're looking forward to the Color Wars, Uh, so uh, this is going to be very exciting. This is a joint effort between uh, Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church and Westlake UMC. It's going to be a lot of fun this Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30. Make sure you sign up. Uh, Sunday, September 5th, is going to be a bittersweet day. Uh, Children First comes back. It's going to be very fun and exciting. But we will also say goodbye to our beloved Children's Ministry Director Megan Getman, and we will have a send off for her on that Sunday immediately following Children First. Uh, so we will have uh, an ice cream truck in the parking lot and some donut sweet treats. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to get your sugar high. It's going to be a blast. So coming out, uh, yes, coming out on that Sunday, uh, we'll celebrate Children First being back, and we'll have sadness and happiness for Megan Getman (laughs) sending her off that day as well. One last thing uh, I want to invite you if you haven't already there is a children's ministry questionnaire and registration form if you could please take a moment if you've got kiddos in the children's ministry we would love to hear from you uh, and get your feedback on this so you can go to the children's ministry page on the website to do that. Thanks so much everybody we're so glad you're here happy Sunday.
0: Thank you Kurt. Uh, Thank you all for masking up this morning, we really do appreciate it, and as we're in stage five, we're going to invite all of you, instead of singing your hearts out, as you normally do, just singing in your hearts, so that we can prevent the spread of any infection at all. We are um, just delighted that you're here and worshiping with us in person, and thank you for doing it safely. Those of you worshiping at home online, sing your hearts out. church now living in Nashville, Tennessee.
2: All right, good morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle, I'm the senior pastor and I am so glad to see your happy, shiny faces this morning and I'm so glad to have you join us online as well. We've already begun to be called to worship but I wanna invite us to stand and respond to that call, speaking the words in yellow when it's time. Whom do you seek here in this place? Who has told you of God? Discipleship is difficult. Are you ready? Amen. The one who calls us to become one also shares his peace with each and every one of us. I want to invite us now to Share the peace of Christ with one another in socially safe ways. Peace of Christ.
0: welcome our children, it ch- it's time for children's It is time, time Hi, for Meg? children's Let's time. welcome our children down. Come on down, kids. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. The are ones do help me long. They are weak, but he is strong. Alleluia. Alleluia.
3: So glad to be here with you guys today. How are you? Doing okay? Have you guys started school? Yeah? Good. And welcome to you guys online as well. I'm so glad that you are here too. So today we are talking about Jesus as the bread of life. That's kind of a weird statement, don't you think? I always read that in the Bible and go, what, what in the world? So when I think of that, I think of my favorite food. What is your favorite food? You don't know what your favorite food is? Fair. Fair. Campbell, do you have your favorite food? Pasta. Mm, Pasta. Do you guys have a favorite food? All the foods. Same. Yes. One of my favorite foods is macaroni and cheese. It makes me very happy when I get to have it. And so when I think about that, and Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, or I am the living bread, right? I think about all the good, nutritious food that helps us to live good, active, healthy lives, right? And so we think of that, and then we think of Jesus giving us spiritual food, right? So when we come here, we have a little bit of time of rest and getting to connect to God in worship and to our community. And that's what I think of when Jesus tells me that he is the bread of life is the way we connect to God and the way we help our spirits stay healthy. That's still kind of a hard concept, don't you think? But I think as we think about that and listen to maybe Tracy's sermon today, maybe we'll get to understand it a little bit better too. Will you guys pray with me? Awesome, God. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for feeding our souls. Help us to rest in you. Amen.
0: All right, guys. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, i've lost my way still you're there right beside me nothing will i fear as long as you are near please be near me to the end by word there's a lamp unto my feet
2: Let us pray. Holy Spirit, inhabit us that that we might live in you and become one. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me lives because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It isn't like the bread your ancestors ate and then they died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples who heard this said, this message is harsh, who can hear it? Jesus knew that the disciples were grumbling about this, and he said to them, does this offend you? What if you were to see the human one going up where he was before? The spirit is the one who gives life, and the flesh doesn't help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, yet some of you don't believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who wouldn't believe and the one who would betray him. He said, for this reason, I said to you that none can come to me unless the father enables them to do so. At this, many of his disciples turned away and no longer accompanied him. Jesus asked the 12, do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are God's Holy One. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Can you put up my, there we go. Some of you may remember, because I have mentioned it in the past, that this is how this scripture makes me feel. Edward Monk does an amazing job of evoking sheer terror, This person clenches their face so tightly, it's as if they're afraid their head's going to fly right off their shoulders. It's like they're barely hanging on to their sanity. Well, I imagine this is how the disciples felt. Scripture says many of them turned away because Jesus' message was too harsh. It was hard to believe. More likely, they ran screaming, hanging on for dear lives to their sanity. This message is harsh. It's hard to believe. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. We talked a little bit about this last week and we unpacked this language just a little bit. We said that the Greek word that's translated here as eat can also be translated as consume. And we said that as expert consumers, we Americans know from experience the adage, you are what you eat, has some truth to it. And What we consume, be it food, alcohol, drugs, whether we have a hunger for money or power or a thirst for some particular entertainment or news or social media content, what we consume shapes our worldview. It shapes our priorities. It shapes who we are politically, socially, spiritually. It informs our thoughts and our feelings. Our words and our actions ultimately we said what we consume consumes us which is why it's critical <laughs> that we devour Christ so that the primary lens through which we view the world and our fellow humans the primary perspective that informs our thinking and feeling and our words and our actions is Christ Today, Jesus drives home the point that we better believe it because somehow our very lives depend on our ability to comprehend and accept this teaching. This past January, I convened a team of leaders from the church to reflect on the divisiveness in our world. The divisiveness that seems to sabotage any collective effort to effectively address problems that face us. Specifically, we would reflect together on how that divisiveness might be impacting our community and then imagine ways we might overcome this divisiveness. We've never quite figured out what to call ourselves, so I've dubbed us the committee that must not be named. (laughs) The team consists of eight people. There are four women and four men. Among them are people who represent many different viewpoints along the political, social, and theological spectrums. Our first task was to try and articulate what the problem is that we're trying to solve for. That took months, but we finally landed on this. It seems to us that Westlake UMC is silently separated, which compromises our focus on our Christian commonality and witness. What we're attempting to express here is that our church community is made up of people with diverse perspectives and opinions, and because discourse in the public sphere has become so toxic, so divisive, rather than risk introducing that toxicity into our community, we keep our thoughts and opinions to ourselves. We remain silent on important issues and challenges that we face to keep the peace, but in actuality, that silence separates us from one another. And it compromises our ability to fully embody our Christian witness because in our silent separation, we forfeit the opportunity to better know and understand each other. And because we don't share our, our authentic selves, our differences can seem to eclipse all the things that we have in common. Now we use the word compromise in that problem statement because we realize we do have a compelling Christian witness right now. We serve in amazing ways as a church right now. We have many vital ministries that impact people's lives in powerful ways. And just imagine what our witness could be. We've spent the weeks and months since arriving at that problem statement imagining and experimenting with ways that God might be leading us to overcome our silent separation, by learning and practicing engaging in respectful discourse, discourse that's grounded in the love that we're called to through Christ in an effort to better understand those with whom we disagree for the purpose of discovering what we have in common that we might leverage to more faithfully respond to the challenges In the world and to strengthen our Christian witness in the world it's a lofty goal (laughs) early on we met for two hours every single week more recently we've met about every other week for 90 minutes or so it has been a journey one that has consumed my thoughts and energy it's been fun because we have gotten to know one another, to engage more intentionally and personally with one another, we've laughed a lot. And it's been enlightening. We've learned from each other. We've learned about each other. We've learned about how each of us view and experience church, about how we view and experience the world and the many challenges it faces, and about we've learned about how we think we can grow in our ability to meet those challenges. It has been enlightening. And at times, it's been tricky. On more than one occasion, I wanted to turn away, run screaming. It has had some intense moments. I mean, because those in the group do represent so many different perspectives because we, care about what it is that we're trying to do. We think it's important. And because this work has required authenticity and vulnerability as we have worked to build a foundation of trust with each other. And it's been tedious. We recognize that the work we've taken on has the potential to backfire (laughs) if we don't handle it carefully. So our progress has been painfully slow much slower than I anticipated. We've struggled to discern how best to invite all of you into this work, entertaining a number of possible tools and processes that might be helpful. Our last meeting was a week and a half ago. We are getting very close (laughs) to settling on how best to communicate what we're up to to all of you, and we're zeroing in on what we hope and pray will be effective tools and processes, practices really, spiritual practices, to invite us all into uh, this work with the hope that over time we will create a culture where we can talk about things that matter in such a way that relationships and our community and our Christian witness are strengthened. I found all of this, this whole process, to be both encouraging and a bit frightening. It kind of feels like the process of being pregnant. It kind of reminds me of when I was pregnant. It feels like (laughs) when you're eight months pregnant and God has conceived something in you and it has grown and it has expanded you, it has stretched you, And it's at the point where very soon something will be born. And we all know that's when the really hard work begins. It's frightening because it's become painfully apparent to me that to overcome divisiveness so that we might better understand one another and have vital and meaningful conversations with the hope of identifying our Christian commonalities and expressions of those commonalities that might strengthen our witness in the world, Well, it might require a whole lot more of me, of us, than I at first thought. I mean, I don't think I can, well, actually, I know because of the last eight months spent with the committee that must not be named, I know that I am not able to earnestly engage in this work without being changed. as the weight of what Jesus calls his hearers to dawns on them. They're frightened. For the Jews that Jesus is addressing, it's very confusing, challenging. They've grown up on stories of Moses and manna in the desert. Remember the bread from heaven that fed their ancestors during the Exodus? This pillar of faith gave them the commandments that came down to him from God. And they follow them, they are faithful Jews. And now Jesus says, wait, there's more. Something more than manna, something more than the law. Jesus is calling them to so much more. He's calling us to something more, something deeper, something ambiguous. It's not a well-defined set of rules to follow, it's him. It's Jesus. It's something that will require so much more from them than they had ever imagined. And if they believe, if they entrust themselves to Jesus, if they consume him, he will consume them, heart, mind, and soul, and they will be changed. Y'all, Jesus has been going on about bread for more than 60 verses now. It all started when he fed more than 5,000 men, women, and children with a, a boy's sack lunch. And since then, he's worn the metaphor slap out, talking about bread that perishes, bread that gives eternal life, true bread from heaven, the bread that he is, his flesh, the bread that we must consume if we are to live. It is a harsh message. It's hard to believe, very hard to swallow. No wonder they want to run screaming. He wants them to abide in him, remain, dwell, live in him. He wants those to whom he speaks. He wants us to experience the very same relationship he has with God. A a relationship where there, there are differences, there are distinctions, and because of the grace and compassion, because of the love they have in common, They are one. It's beautiful language. Evocative, poetic. I mean, I can see it. I can imagine it. It even makes me long for the intimacy that Jesus is calling us to. And I'm afraid of what it means, personally and practically, of how this sort of relationship will Change me and my life, how it will change my understanding of what it means to live as one with Christ, to live as one with you, to live as one with the world. It's a harsh teaching. And yet the disciples know, we know, we know somewhere deep in us that our lives depend upon it. It's the single most important thing I've taken away from the committee that must not be named. All of our lives, regardless of our political, social, or religious viewpoints, all of us, all of our lives, and the lives and witness of the church, absolutely depend upon this harsh and very frightening teaching, this call that asks so much of us, Will we run screaming, hanging on as tightly as we can to our heads and the lives that we're used to? We could turn away. We could choose to remain silently separated. Maybe we should. I mean, to a large degree, it has worked for us. It certainly feels less risky, more comfortable, And it does compromise our ability to better understand one another, to connect more deeply, to find and leverage our commonalities for the sake of an even more faithful witness. Y'all, if we who claim to be one in Christ aren't willing to be changed by the love we say we have in common, our Christian witness, as strong as it is, will be compromised. Still, we could choose the status quo. Some of the Jews who hear this message from Jesus certainly do. Many walk away, they return to what they know, to what they understand, to what's comfortable, Moses, manna, the law. One commentator says about this scripture that we prefer religion over God. Religion, if what you mean by that is to follow rules in order to have some measure by which to to judge success or failure as a good church person. Religion, in that sense, as challenging as it can be, is so much easier than God. At least this God, this God who is mysterious, this God who takes on flesh to abide with us, to live in and through us, this God who wants to make their home with and in us, and who desires authentic and intimate relationship who desires communion with us, who wants to be one with us. It is a sacramental relationship. This relationship between God and Jesus, the relationship that God desires with us through Jesus, the relationship God calls us to as the body of Christ as a community of faith. That's what I've learned through this work. Without all of us investing ourselves in one another, committing to authentic and vulnerable engagement across our many differences, without all of us investing ourselves in this work, in each other, the more silently separated we could become. The more more we may lose sight of our christian commonalities weakening the strength of our community and our witness in the world a community that forms all of us in faith through this relationship that god calls us to in christ this sacramental dwelling with and in one another and with god we are to share life with one another in the same way we're called to take in consume the flesh and blood, the very life of Christ, because in Christ we are one, one body, and every single one of us matters to its well-being. The strength of our witness depends upon it. It's a lot to swallow. Will we run screaming or will we remain in Christ? Remain as Christ's body, a community of believers who say together with Peter, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. It is a hard teaching and yet our lives and our witness depend upon it. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Tracy. While well, we prepare our hearts to give as an act of worship and as an act of gratitude, I'm thankful for the witness of this church. I'm thankful for the ministries to all the different age groups. I'm thankful for the acts of service and compassion. I'm thankful for the elements of worship that we all participate in. And I'm thankful to be a part of a community that serves God and bears witness to God's love. Well, there are three ways that you can give, well, actually five. Uh, There's a bunch more now. But there are a bunch of ways that you can give to support the work of Westlake UMC. Uh, The first is that you can Uh, give here in person. uh, In the the Narthex on the way out, there will be an offering plate there. You can give there. You can go to our website, westlake-umc.org, and you can make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts. That's what my my family does. It's convenient. It's easy. It helps us to not have to remember, (laughs) which is great. You can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256, uh, or you can mail a check to the church at any time that is convenient for you. So thank you so much. Thank you for bearing witness to God's great love. Thank you for being a community that serves. We appreciate you.
0: a brother, one family by the blood. Now and forever Jesus be glorified And make us one Make us one Your will be done Make us one We confess all our offenses We confess we've been afraid Away for all the wars and violence against our enemy. Come heal our land with your great river. Restore the family, make us one, make us warm.
1: Thank you, that was amazing. And that makes me think of the prayer that we'll pray together in just a moment, uh, the Lord's Prayer, that, that is an expression of it in song, and I, I love that. Thank you so much, Foundation Ben, beautiful. Well, let's offer our prayers to God as an expression of our love for each other, for our community, and for our world. And if you are worshiping online with us, I wanna invite you to offer any joys or concerns that you might have in the chat or the comment section. I wanted to point your attention, the memorial candle on the altar table is in memory of Marky Duncan, who passed away last night, the mother of Janine Brim. And so we lift them up and pray for God's comfort for Jay and Janine today. Let us pray. God, we celebrate the 38th wedding anniversary for Susan Landers and Philip Berry, and the 15th wedding anniversary for Megan and James Sitaro. We celebrate the birthdays of Shannon Egan, John Walters, Linda Teats, and more. We give thanks for all those who give of their time and efforts in volunteer service here in the church and beyond and in our community. We give special thanks for David Graham, for Jim Balthazar, Tom Rio, Pete Morford, Scott Thompson, James Beadle, Lib Sullivan, Gary Wildey, John Walters, and Chuck Gauci, who've all worked so hard to remodel preschool rooms in preparation for the start of this school year. And we also give special thanks to Herman and Rudy Gonzalez on our maintenance staff for all the ways that they've gone above and beyond. God, as cases of COVID-19 spike, we give thanks for all the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength and may they know our support. God, we offer you our concerns. You are the healer, and you hear our cries to be made whole in body, in mind, and in spirit. You understand the relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs that we're facing, and we know that you are with us and will direct us. May your comfort and peace be felt, especially for those who grieve. And God, there are so many things to pray for our sisters and brothers and siblings, our fellow humans in Afghanistan, but we pray for your protection. Give wisdom to those who are in leadership positions. And God, may there be a path forward towards a better way. We put our hope in you. Friends, let's take the next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us today. Loving God, Open our ears to hear your word and draw us closer to you. That the whole world may be one with you as you are one with us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we pray with faith and conviction the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done
0: For this closing song, you can stand if you would like. You can dance if you would like. (laughs) (laughs) You can open your arms in prayer if you like. Yeah. (laughs) Love is but a song we sing But fear's the way we die
2: Christ, we are one and through Christ we become stronger and we become food for the world go now knowing that the love of God the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit is with you now and remains with you always amen
0: and rather than joining hands you can simply reach your hands out turn your palms upward and prayerfully wish one another to go in peace.